This podcast is a love letter to my VAs, OBMs, and PMs out there. I see you. You started your business for the freedom. You started your business for your family. You started your business for a million other reasons that only you know. But you're stuck and you're struggling. Well, no more. Get ready to move. Get ready to grow and learn together. We're here to work through the tech, work through the growing pains, and work towards a business that you can fall in love with over and over again. See that woman over there who's running it like a boss? Let's go ask her how she did that. Hey, hey there. Welcome back to the How She Did That podcast and happy new year. This is our first episode of the new year. And y'all, friends, Romans, countrywomen, can I just tell you how insanely excited I am about today's episode? Because today we have none other than the woman herself, Amy Porterfield, as our guest. Amy is a rock star in the world of online courses. And more importantly, she's a genuinely kind and lovely person whom I've had the pleasure of talking to on several occasions now. Today, Amy and I are chatting about leadership and specifically how to be a leader when you don't feel like one. Now, whether you're new to leadership, a seasoned leader, or an agency owner leading a team, this is an amazing episode where Amy drops some major knowledge bombs, and I can't wait any longer. So let's go ask Amy how she shows up as a leader, even when she doesn't feel like one. Hey, Amy, it is so great to have you on the podcast. Thank you for being here. Oh my goodness. I'm so delighted to be here. Awesome. So can you tell those few people in my audience who do not know who you are? Because I talk about you all the dang time. (laughs) But can you tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes. So I uh, live in Nashville by way of California, where I was born and raised. So we've been here for about a year. And I live here with my husband, Hobie. I've got a 19-year-old stepson that's at UC Davis. So he's still in California. And I run an online marketing business where I teach people how to take their expertise, knowledge, and know-how and turn that into a profitable digital course that they can launch over and over and over again. So I teach you how to create one offer and get the most out of that one offer. That's amazing. And I love that. We work with so many of the clients who have come out of your courses and programs and everything. And they're just so awesome because I love the fact that they like know what they're getting into with launching, (laughs) which is so great for us on the operational end of things. So great. (laughs) Yes, definitely. So today we're actually going to be talking about leadership because I think one of the things that people often don't realize is, yes, there's like this whole business that people see on the front end in terms of like you helping course creators and everything, but you also are like the CEO and the leader of an amazing team on the back end. And I think a lot of the people in our audience, um, they kind of become what I like to call accidental leaders. So we, because most of us are virtual support pros, myself included, that's how I started. We started off working and implementing in other people's businesses and then got, you know, too booked out, too busy, hired a couple people and then realized one day like, oh, oh, I'm a leader now. Like (laughs) I have people like counting on me. Right. So I would love to know, when did you first realize that you were a leader? 
Ooh, such a great question. It probably was a good, this is going to sound crazy, but a good five years into my business. I've been doing this for 13 years now. And in the beginning, it was really just me. And then it was a five hour a week virtual assistant. And then it was a bunch of contractors. And when I had contractors, I didn't see myself as a leader, although I wish I did. So five years into it is when I first started hiring full-time employees. And I looked around and thought, holy cow, I am their boss. Like I am supposed to have a vision here. I am supposed to be leading them forward. And it freaked me out. I will tell you of everything I do in my business, the number one thing that is the most important and to me the most difficult is being a really excellent leader. That is yeah. something you have to learn. I don't think you're just born with, some people are, but most people are not born with all that knowledge and skill to be an excellent leader. Yeah, I love a couple of things in that that I want to pull out. So first of all, I love the fact that like it was a learned skill and it took time because I think sometimes we kind of see the shiny outside and we don't realize the work that people have put in to get there. I was actually on a Voxer call this morning with Jay LaRay, uh, my director of operations, and she and I did an intensive with somebody yesterday who's hiring their first uh, full-time employee. And she was like, I hope she took away from that, that like we still have moments where we're building the plane as we're flying it, you know? Yes. <laughs> it's taken all of this time for us to get to this point where we can give this kind of um, support and, and, and help. And it's because we've done it wrong sometimes, we've done it right sometimes, and we're still building the plane as we're flying it a lot. Oh, amen to that. 13 amen years in, that. and I can attest to that. Yeah. And then the other thing, so this is what I want to ask next. How did you learn to be a leader? You said that it is a skill that you develop. It's not something that you're born, that necessarily people are born with. And I think that some people think like, oh, if I don't feel like a natural born leader, I can never lead a team or have an agency or build anything that's other than like them being the singular person in the business, which I, you know, I disagree with. I think that you can learn those leadership skills. So how did you learn how to be a leader? Absolutely. I think I'm a really good example of someone who learned along the way. So mm -hmm. number one, I made sure that I read all the books, listened to all the podcasts about leadership. Mm -hmm. um, Michael Hyatt is my mentor and he is the most excellent leader I've ever seen. And I pay attention to what he thinks is important, where he stumbled. I read his books. I've listened to his stories. I listen to his podcast. I'm a good student of leadership. And I think that has helped me immensely. And then in addition to that, I've always paid attention to the leaders I've had in my life. Meaning before I started my own business, I had many, many bosses. Some of those bosses were amazing leaders and I paid attention to what they did and what how I responded to that. And many of them were terrible leaders and I paid attention mm -hmm. to that as well. So I guess what I'm saying is become a student of leadership. Learn leadership just as much as you learn how to create a funnel, how to build an email list, how to do a webinar. And I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned along the way of being a really great leader is learning to communicate, learning to have the hard conversations, not being scared to uh, stand up for what you believe in, cast your vision. And when others aren't behind you, having those hard conversations about why it's important. So that has helped me immensely. 
Yeah, I love all of that. And I think the hard conversations thing is the most difficult, especially oh, if, me. you know, yeah, because we love our team, we want to support them. And yet there is the accountability piece of what to say and what to do when things go wrong. And I think sometimes like having those hard conversations feels like you're being a meanie and nobody wants to be a meanie, yes. you know, but at the same time, I think it's so impactful and it can support them in growing as well. It's so true. I want to piggyback on that because I used to not have the hard conversations. And in my mind, I justified it by saying they work so hard. They're trying so hard. I don't want to kick them while they're down. And I know their heart's in the right place. Like I always lead with compassion. Compassion is one of our company values. But at the same time, two things happen. One, if I didn't speak up, I was resentful. I was frustrated with that person. I would step in and start doing the work that they should have been doing because I didn't trust them anymore. And that wasn't fair to them. And second, they really found growth in my company when I was clear on what I wanted them to change or tweak or do differently based on their performance. Like they appreciated it. They come to me now and say, what are you seeing? What do you want me to improve on? Where can I grow? And I love that they're asking me that knowing I'm going to give them an honest answer. But yeah. it, the communication part was something that I really struggled with. Uh, communication is so hard. And it, yeah. it it's still one of the things I think that I work on the most just because oh, yeah. our team, yeah, our team is so close. And so when, especially when you become friends with, with some of your team members and everything, it feels, it can feel really hard. I know that one of the techniques I've used because I had a friend who worked within my company for about two years. And anytime we had to have like a hard conversation, I would say to her, I'm taking my friend hat off and I'm putting Ooh. my CEO hat on. Okay. That <laughs> and, is excellent advice. It was so, it was so helpful to me just to be like, you know, to set the expectation of, I still love you. And we still have to have to have this conversation. Yes. Yeah. That is fantastic. I'm going to use that one. Yes. I need to tell you a funny story right now because, um, and you're not going to remember even part of this because it was like (laughs) years and years ago, but the first time I met you, which was, uh, you were doing a Q and a at a mastermind retreat that I was at in San Diego, like three, four, it could be four years ago at this point. Right. And you came in and we had all like written our questions down on cards and you answered each one of our questions. I remember this. Okay. Yes. Okay. My question is like, how do you, how have you grown as a CEO? or like, what have you had to work on in order to grow as a CEO and leader? And basically in, in a gist, you gave the story of you had to let go of majoring in the minors. And you gave the example of like, when you say to somebody, Hey, create this graphic and they send you the graphic back. And there's like an orange on the graphic. That's like different than the orange that you imagined in your (laughs) mind. Right. And you were like, I had to decide to like, not worry about like, is the orange too orange, you know, because number one, I would be the bottleneck. And number two, you were talking about how then you're training your team that you don't trust them and that you're always, they're always going to have to come back to get your approval for things. And I have to tell you that I tell that story to, especially to the members of Thrive Mind and to my own team so much that like when one of the members of Thrive Mind is like, you know, spiraling out on something that they're majoring in the minors on, my team will be like, well, you just need to tell her to leave the orange alone, Tasha. (laughs) Yes. I love that. Oh my goodness. I've, wow. I don't even remember saying that example, but I remember that example very vividly and it has served me well. So I'm glad that that has served you well too, because there's too much, too many more important things to worry about. And I, and I often, with that story, I go to the next step and say, does the customer care? 
They don't care the shade of orange. They don't care if that font is this or that. The customers rarely care about the things that we obsess over. And that's when I know I got to cut bait, but also let my team run with what they think is best. And that person that I was referencing is still on my team and she's become a baller designer because I think we put so much uh, trust in her. So I love that story. Absolutely. Yes. So thank you for for that story because I've used it for like literally years now. (laughs) Oh, hey there. Can I interrupt this amazing episode for just one second? I want you to listen up right now, especially if you've done it. You've built a successful and booming business, and now you're ready to take it to the next step and start or grow an agency. An agency model business can be a great way to increase your income and impact without adding more implementation work to your plate. But without the right support systems and team, it can definitely feel overwhelming and crash and burn. That's why I created the Agency Thrive Mind, a supportive group coaching program for agency owners. Imagine being in a supportive space where your fellow members and coaches get you, are rooting for you, and are there to help you during the ups and sometimes downs of building this new level of your success. Ready to hear more? I can't wait to share it. Head on over to TashaBooth.com forward slash ThriveMind for all of the info. That's TashaBooth.com forward slash ThriveMind. Do you feel like you have a leadership style, like a specific leadership style? I do. So my leadership style is incredibly casual and very transparent, meaning I will cry in front of my team. I will let them know when I do not have the answers. I will let them know when I'm struggling to an extent. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason for that is they know that what you see is what you get. And I'm never going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to pretend we're doing well when we're not, but I'm going to celebrate big when we are. And so I think my style is transparent and real and casual and really, truly like a good friend, which I got to be careful of because yeah. like you said, that could, that could get me in trouble and taking off my friend hat is harder for me than I'd like to admit. But it served me well that people know they're part of our family and we love them dearly at my company. So that that's a part of my style. One more thing that's part of my style is genuinely letting go. And I recently told a story on my own podcast uh, about leadership. And I said, when I knew that something was changing in my company, meaning I was growing, I was becoming a bigger leader and I was leading the way instead of in the weeds is this is very early on. Uh, one person on my team was talking about a meeting they had without me. And I'm like, what do you, and I was so yes. really small. I'm like, what do you mean you guys met without me on a really big topic for the record? And they're like, well, we wanted to kind of get all our ideas together, put it in a Google doc, present you with like the best ideas. So then you could uh, figure it out. And although that's amazing, I was literally hurt. Like, and kind of annoyed, like, this is my business. Why are business decisions being made without me? Or why are these big conversations being had? Now, this is when I wasn't as strong of a leader, but then I was able to catch myself and say, wait a second. That is the most amazing thing that just happened. The business is moving forward and I'm not in every piece of it. And they're taking initiative and bringing me the best of the best. Like I didn't realize how amazing it was. Fast forward all these years and I do now. I'm not in so many meetings that happen. It's like incredible. But that first one stung a little. And that's when I realized, take your ego out and realize this business is going to grow and you don't have to be the only one to move it forward. 
Yes. Yes. I had that same feeling when, when that started happening in my own business, especially when it was like, you know, we have, we have clients now that I have never met before that I've never been on. I know it's crazy. And last year we had a client that did like three launches with us. And I think after the second launch, I was like, I should probably go in and just introduce myself. And I like literally got to pop into the zoom call, say like, Hey, I just wanted to thank you so much for your business and everything and pop out. And he was like, like he loved it. You know, he, he, yeah, he just loved, loved the fact that like he was taken care of by my team. And I, I always thought that like everyone would miss me if I wasn't in it all the time. And sadly that is not the case. (laughs) It's sadly not. I could totally relate to that, but yeah, ego is a very big part of this leadership game, figuring out when you need to leave it behind or when it's gotten a little bit too big, especially when we grow personal brands and people know us and Mm -hmm. our name is attached to it. Yeah. It's it's a, the fine line to walk. Totally. So, okay. couple more questions. What do you do on those days that you're struggling to show up? Like that you're struggling as a leader and that you just kind of like want to curl into a ball on your couch, <laughs> but you also know that you have other people and you have team depending on you. Uh, this is a great question because I've uh, openly talked about this on my podcast where I've had a rough year. 2021 has not been my most favorite year. Not necessarily like in revenue or anything like that. Just, I I made a big move and then some things happened this year that just were totally out of my control and it just has felt yucky. Mm -hmm. And so there have been many days. So I want to bring this to like reality that I didn't want to get on video. I didn't want to show up on in a zoom call for my team. I didn't want to have the meetings that we had to have, but at the same time, my, what I think number one is my team deserves my attention. They are working their butts off. They're looking for guidance and that's what I signed up for. So number one, one, I have to get my, my head in the game. Number two, I have a coach. So Mm -hmm. I meet with a coach every single Friday morning and I have for years and years and we talk personal and business, but that's where I go to share all my fears or talk about what I'm mad about or frustrated, or this isn't going as planned. I can have my own little pity party if I need to for an hour. And I typically don't the whole hour. I start out that way and then I get my head on. But that's where I go. I have someone to go to. When you don't, as a leader or CEO, have somebody else to go to for guidance or just to vent or to have these back and forth conversations, it tends to fall on your team. And although I'll tell my team if something's not going well, I'll cry and be real with them, I won't dump on them. Mm -hmm. But we do, as leaders, need someone to not necessarily dump on, but you know what I mean. We got to be able to connect with someone else. So I have a coach. I also just am really clear about this is why I'm here. This is who I serve. My team is my family. So I got to show up for them. And then number three, because I've had a little bit of a harder year than normal, I've made time to step away. I took six days away, turned my cell phone off, did not connect online at all. And I came back as a better leader. So those little pockets have helped me immensely. All of those are absolutely amazing. And I I preach the same things about needing a coach and also needing a community outside of your team that you can have those conversations with. I have a Facebook group chat that has like six other uh, women business owners within it, right? And we've been going for, I think, two years now. And probably we have a hundred conversations a day about business, about personal and everything. But that's the place where I'm like, this team member frustrated the crap out of me today, you know? 
like I can have that conversation. They can help me debrief and then I can show up better. And the other thing that I found that has been really helpful this year for me, because I've been open about the fact that I have ADHD and it's been really hard during the pandemic because I don't have my coping mechanisms like I used to of being able to go and sit at a cafe or change my perspective when I need to, to focus. And so those days where I have like no focus, I'm really honest with my team and I'm like, y'all, I'm really struggling today. And they're so good about being like, okay, what's the one thing you need to get done today? Like, how can we support you? You know? Um, So yeah, I think having that community, having a coach and also just sometimes letting your team know exactly what you need. So helpful. Absolutely. I love that you mentioned having a group of female owners that you can touch base with. I have the same beyond my coach. I have a few girlfriends that are in the industry that I could talk to. And that was, that's huge as well. Yeah, totally. Okay. So what is the most surprising thing that you've learned about yourself as a leader and what's made you proudest as a leader? Ooh, great questions. So the most surprising thing I've learned as a leader is that I can handle a lot. There's been a lot thrown at me over the years that the me that was in corporate would think you're never going to get through this. That is never going to work. Or you're going to literally crumble because it was so stressful. And I look back at some of the experiences that I have had as a leader and I'm thinking, wow, I'm stronger than I thought I would, it would be. And I think a lot of people, once they get into it, uh, will find that they are stronger and more resilient than they thought. So that that's been the most surprising and wonderful thing about being a leader. And then what was the other question? Um, what's made you the most proud as a leader? My team. So mm-hmm. I, that looking at my team, uh, I have a team of leadership. I have a leadership team. So I have about 20 full-time employees and five of them are directors on my team and they manage the departments like customer experience and content and operations and community and marketing. And I meet with them once a week. And these people literally could run the business without me. And that is something I'm most proud about because I tell them run your departments like it's your own business because I never want my business to feel corporate because I came out of corporate. And so I'm really, really proud of that. And I'm also proud of one more thing. We went to a four day work week about six months ago. So we read this book called Shorter, all about what it looks like to do a four day work week. Then I did tons of research, brought my leadership team together, poked holes into why this wouldn't work for us and why it would. And now we're, it must be like nine months actually into a four day work week. And we don't work Fridays except when we're launching, which you can totally understand. Uh, And it's changed our lives. Like Everyone on the team has only said great things and we've been able to still um, be incredibly profitable. So I'm really proud of making that shift to have more intentional balance in our lives. Yeah. Intentional balance. Ooh, I love that. I'm going to put that on my wall for like 2022. Do it. it. (laughs) Intentional (laughs) balance. Okay. Last but not least, I would love to know what is one step or piece of advice that you can give for our audience today? Like what's the one step that they can take forward in becoming better leaders for their communities and for their circles? Ooh, I love this. I think the number one thing that all leaders must do is get really good at casting a vision. I've always put this to the side, like, yeah, I've got goals. Here's our five goals. Let's do this. It's more than that. And there's a really great book. I mentioned Michael Hyatt earlier that uh, he's got a book all about vision that's worth reading. But as a leader, if you can cast a vision that can get your team to really get behind you and say, this is what we're doing. We're all on the same page. Your team will be 
on fire. And if your team seems to be confused, overwhelmed, not on fire, there's there's likely a lack of vision. So casting an incredible vision is a skill that all of us leaders can hone for sure. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for today and for our conversation, Amy. Can you tell our audience where they can find you? Well, thank you so much. I'm a huge fan of the work you do, and I'm so excited to be here today. So thanks for having me. And I have a podcast called Online Marketing Made Easy. And so uh, go take a listen and see if there's something in there that you might find valuable. Amazing. And we've got a freebie from you that we're going to uh, link in the show notes. Yeah, go check that out as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. There are three things I know a lot about launching, growing agency, and musical theater. If you're starting or growing a done-for-you service agency, then I definitely want you to check out the Agency Thrive Mind. This is the program for done-for-you service agency owners looking for support and accountability. Inside of Thrive Mind, you'll have access to both one-on-one and group coaching, a smaller accountability pod cheering you on, a resource library full of templates and trainings, monthly group mindset coaching, guest expert trainings, and so much more. Head on over to TashaBooth.com forward slash ThriveMind for all the details. That's TashaBooth.com forward slash ThriveMind. Until next time, remember to keep smashing your goals and pushing forward because you are doing a great job.